We all want life to be the best it can. We all have dreams, but it's easy to be discouraged and frustrated when something doesn't work out. That's when you need to keep on pushing. Well, no one knows more about pushing through than Devin Harris. Devin is a three-time Olympian and captain of the Jamaican bobsled team. If that isn't an obstacle, nothing is. Devin will show you how to pursue your big dreams, bounce back from setbacks, and keep on pushing. You'll be challenged and inspired to live your best life. Welcome to Keep On Pushing Radio. Here's your host. Hey guys, Devin welcome Harris. to Keep On Pushing Radio. I am your host, Devon Harris. And as always, our goal hasn't changed, man. We share ideas and insights that are going to challenge you and inspire you to keep on pushing. And in the process, live your absolute best life. That's what we want from you, of you, and for you. So if that's something you're interested in, yeah, my friends, you're in the right place. So again, welcome to Keep On Pushing Radio. My guest today hails from the Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. She started out her career working across many industries, construction, education, advertising, distribution, marine, and retail. But in 2013, she launched, right? She decided to start out her own business as a sales and marketing consultant, a coach, a trainer, and a digital marketing uh, strategist. Her initial focus was on clients across the Caribbean, but now she works with entrepreneurs and middle management, as well as C-suite executives, helping them to identify, strategize, and realize company goals. She calls herself a stammering communicator. I call her Debbie Jolly. So I'm excited to be able to welcome uh, Debbie to the show. Debbie, welcome to Keep On Pushing. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here, Devon. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's great to have you. Um, a, a Trini girl hanging out in the place, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Debbie, the, the term stammering com communicator really catches the eye, doesn't it? It's, it's such an yeah. oxymoron. People don't normally associate the word stammering with, with communication. How, yep. does, how did that come about? Okay, well, it's actually quite um, deliberate, as you said, it's, it's almost like an opposite, right? So persons who stutter are, are not known to be persons who communicate well, and actually are persons who might shy away from speaking and talking because they don't want that negative attention. So it, it goes back to childhood. I stammered terribly as a child. I, I really couldn't string two words together. Um, but I couldn't be a person that liked marketing, the arts, music, um, and not be able to command my voice. So I, I, I got into lecturing, I started teaching, I started to train this voice, but uh, I still think of it as a work in progress a little bit. So um, I use it as part of my branding because every time I speak, you know, you might hear it. And so it is a way to defunct all the, all the, um, and demystify all the things about a person who stutters. So I use mm -hmm. it as a, a part of my branding. Yes, indeed. So I, I remember when I was in elementary school, my best friend then stuttered really badly. And uh, 
you know, so it's, it's such a tough thing, especially in the Caribbean to stutter because you, you get teased a lot and yeah. he was teased a lot. And I remember a number of years ago in adulthood, he spoke about just the insecurities that, that just like surrounded him because of his stuttering. Um, what was life like for you as a stuttering child? Um, it, it is tough. It, it is tough and you feel invisible, you know? And you, in, in a way, I mean, you sp I mean we, we take a lot of things for granted and persons who speak and speak fluently don't realize that, hey, um, for a person who stutters, this is actually a little bit of a crutch because every time I have to open up my mouth to speak, if I have to speak to my parents, if I have to speak to my friends, it's, it's something that draws a sort of negative attention. So in the beginning, I think a lot of persons who stammer want to interact with persons, but just don't want to speak. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they find ways in which they can play and have fun without actually speaking. Mm -hmm. um, and that and all is, a, I mean, to go through something like that at four or five or seven or nine, it's too much of a psychological um, trauma. So I think from very early on, I was um, timid, but it was something that I said, uh, I realized I, I need in my life, you need to be able to speak. And mm -hmm. so I, I, it was a, it, it's, it's a lifelong journey to be able to do things, to get it to better and to improve it. Yeah, um, it's, it's really interesting because you, 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 you just spoke about um, the need to be able to speak um, and, and this lifelong journey. And, and earlier you, you spoke about commanding your voice. Uh, and it's kind of interesting, all these oxymorons are flying out and this interest in the arts and music and so on. So uh, first of all, um, how old were you when you kind of came to the realization that my, I have to be able to command this voice? Oh, from very early on, I think maybe um, seven, six or seven, um, you start to go primary school and you realize you're different and uh, you're getting teased and you don't want to be teased and you want to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I think so from very early on, the realization is this is, I think perhaps you think about it as an issue or a problem. And for many of us, it has various, you know, it does different things. Some persons might actually just cave in because it's too much. Um, and I always said in my mind, in my little mind at, at seven, that I want to be able um, to control this. I want to be able to get over this. And so, that, so that's what I always, I, I always kept pushing. Yeah. So, um, so you stutter, you're being teased, and I know how that is uh, growing yeah. up in the Caribbean. As I said, I had a, my best friend stuttered as well. Um, and as you said earlier, and, and I think it's true, a lot of kids would kind of shy away from the, the situations where they had to use their voice. But Absolutely. here it is that you, de you develop an, an interest in the arts and music and 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 later on marketing so uh, what was it about you you think that said hey you know what I, I, I stutter but this is what I want to do 
Uh, it's interesting because it's it's been a constant battle. And when I look back, I mean, at it, there were times in school where um, the teacher would call on me to answer a question, but I wouldn't make eye contact because I just don't want to be, you know, I don't want the light on me in that way. Um, but I think, uh, again, because I had a passion for a passion for music, a passion for theater, a passion for the creative side. That pull was a lot greater than the fear of, you know, being embarrassed or, um, you know, someone laughing. And I think as I got older and I got into secondary school, it wasn't as bad. The teasing had sort of diminished and I went to all-girl Catholic school, so maybe that helped mm -hmm. um, so that I, I became into an environment where it was a little more supportive. It wasn't as, uh, uh, there wasn't as much tease, teasing. And then I felt um, that I could really push to do the things I wanted to do. Yeah. So yeah, you, you said that your passion was, obviously it was greater than the, the fear than the perhaps the desire to to kind of hide, and okay. I, that's instructive I think to to all of us because a lot of times we we face you know seemingly unsurmountable challenges or just you know impediments as as, as you were facing, um, yeah. and and we shy away from the challenge of taking on a big dream. But you're right if we can develop a a, a really strong passion for something that in itself will, would override um, any fears that we have. Do you find in your, in your work today that, you know, whether it's, you know, with clients or just, you know, people you know or you meet along the way, that they, they use these challenges, these impediments that they have as a crutch for not wanting to take the leap or the next step? Yeah, sure. I think everybody has, <laughs> everybody is outfitted with, with some sort of challenge, something that they have to, um, I think they have to push past. Some of us do and some of us don't. Mm -hmm. And just for me, I think I saw this world as a very big place. And I, as I got older, I said to myself, how am I going, going to interact in school? How am I going to interact in a workplace? If I have to walk into a government office, how am I going to ask? And those and these things for a person that stutters is a daily challenge. I, because mm -hmm. I remember walking into, going into interview and prepping a whole, whole lot. If I have to speak to receptionist, I'm actually rehearsing what I'm going to say before I say it. Because it, it's, ju it's, ju it's just like a skin. It, it's something you just can't get rid of. So I saw it as something that I needed to, I, I think, manage in order to be able to just live and function in this world. And, that's, and that is why. You know, yeah. but go, going back to your question, I think we are all outfitted with the challenge. You know, um, we have to either use it as a catalyst or we, or sometimes we just let it suck us in and, you know, we, we, we kind of give up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
No, it, it's, it's, it's true. And you said something that is, I think is so powerful and you don't realize it. You may not realize it, but hey, folks, you, no matter what it is that you're dealing with, you know, you heard what she said. She, she, she has an interview and she practiced. She worked on getting past the, the obstacle, the impediment. And, and I think it's really important that we recognize that, hey, no matter what it is, man, if you, if you decide to do the work to get past it, you have to, first of all, acknowledge that, hey, yes. this is a challenge. And yeah. this challenge is going to limit me in this particular way if I don't deal with it head on. And so that's what you did. And thank you so much for that um, example, tremendous example. So you were passionate about the arts, but you ended up in marketing. How did that transition take place? Okay. I, I, did, I will tell you why the passion started there because in school, that's one of the first places I realized that you, you, can actually, you can actually train your voice and you could be able to manage this voice. Um, when I got into plays and doing plays and I had to actually memorize lines and say it, the stutter was not as evident because the brain actually knew the words that were going to come out prior to it coming out of my right. mouth. Mm -hmm. So that, um, with doing that, I realized that, hey, okay, so then it, it's not as bad. You could, you, if you know what you're going to say, then maybe you won't stutter or you won't stutter as much. Um, and so the theater, that aspect is what really, you know, it, it kind of lit it, it, it lit that fire in me. So I always did plays in school. I would volunteer to do, do plays because I realized it was something, one, fun, two, um, it really allowed me to master my voice. I had to get on a stage in front of lots, lots of persons, be frightened as hell, mm -hmm. but uh, um, because I knew the lines, um, it would actually come out. And again, with each thing that you conquer, there is a certain level of confidence you build and then you say, okay, okay, that's not so hard. I, I think I could, you know, I could you do it again. Level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so right. it started there, but then it evolved. I would like to get back and do some acting again. Um, I've been encouraged to by some local creatives. And so, and, and that's how I see it. Um, it, it, it's all about stretching yourself. And I think getting back into it might stretch some new muscles again. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so it's not, it's not completely gone. It's, it's there. Yeah. No. So, you know, scared as hell, but yeah. you, you decide to do it. And that's again, instructive. Uh, Cause I, I tell people all the time, although my bobs are, I'm scared of speed and height. And they think I'm, <laughs> joke, think I'm pulling their legs cause I joke around a lot. Um, but no, I'm not. Um, but what I know in life is that no matter what it is that you strive to achieve, there's going to be a certain amount of fear. And sometimes you're going to be as you know, scared as hell, as it were. Yes. Um, but you still have to make yourself do it. Do it. Um, so, so you, it seems, are always putting yourself in, uh, in positions, and I can relate to that, where... You, you basically have to perform. You're scared to yep, death. That's it. Absolutely. But you have to perform. So you, 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 have, you still have a bad stutter, but you choose to become a lecturer. 
Yeah. Talk, talk, talk us through that. <laughs> right. So when I got into adulthood, um, when I was when I was about twenty-four, um, I said I needed something else to be able to train the voice, to train it, to manage it. Um, and so I needed to put myself in a position where I would have to speak. So some sort of public speaking. I thought about it as a part-time lecturer that I would be, you know, I, I would have classes at least once, once a week. So which means I have to get in front, front of a class and I have to teach, I have to open up my mouth and I have to speak. And so I applied to some schools and I, and I got through and that was one of the, and that I think was one of the best things for me. I mean, it's now maybe a 12 to 14 year journey, mm -hmm. um, speaking at different schools, um, doing different types of facilitation, um, different types of students. And so, and I always start by telling them this, I, you will notice that I stutter. Um, because at times I see, you know, a little look and persons like they're not sure, they, they might want to ask me, but they don't know. Um, so I open it up with that. And that I think because it, again, it's practice, it's practice. It's like riding a bike. I'm going to class every week. I'm going to have to speak to persons. I have, I have to rehearse what it is I have to say to them. Um, and that trained my voice. So I think get it doing something over and over that is difficult actually helped you know helped and improved it tremendously that's one of the the, the big drawbacks of success for many people doing you know having the discipline really to do something over and over again especially if it's difficult if it's unpleasant um yeah. it's going to expose you yeah um, <laughs> um how, what advice do you have for others? How do you get yourself to do these things over and over again? Things that you don't necessarily want to do. And you do feel exposed. You feel exposed. I mean, my son is writing essay, you know, and, and, and he's feeling anxious. And I know he gets some of that anxiety from me because I, I am in that nature. But, you know, I push past the fear. So I think uh, I tell persons that. It, there is a greener pastures on the other side. And the only way for you to really realize your potential, your worth, and what you're capable of is really pushing past that, that fear. And there's an expression about nothing good comes from your comfort zone. And that's true. Nothing that I've ever wanted came easy. And so the, the, the need to to, to do it um, is innate because I know at the end of it, even let's say I don't land the interview, I don't get the job, I didn't get that opportunity, I feel good because I was able to push past and I was able to see a new level to myself. I'm saying, okay, you're capable of this, you could do right. this, yeah. So you, you use the, the analogy of a greener pasture, you know, across the way. Uh, I yeah. also use the analogy of a road, like, you know, you're on one side of the road and this, where you are on this side of the road, um, falls way short of what it is that you want and what you think you're capable of. And you're looking across the other mm. side of the road and you see the thing that you want, 
But in order to get there, you have to navigate through some potholes. You have to navigate traffic going in either direction. And you're right, you know, where you are, it's very comfortable and safe. Yes. And safe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> up on the curb, you open yourself up to all kinds of dangers. Um, yes. You know, falling in a pothole, getting hit, that, that, all of that, right? All um, of those things. But you're right, if you don't take the risk of, you know, you know, getting hit by a car, then, I mean, uh -huh. it may sound a little macabre, this example, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of how I imagine it, imagine it, right? If you don't take the risk of, of, yeah. of navigating the road, you will forever remain on the side of the street that you're on looking across and yearning and wondering what if. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of that with colleagues and so, 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 so on. And they, they summertimes stay. And I think the longer you stay in, in, in a place where you, you don't like it, but it, it's comfortable, you become so, it become negative. You become, mm -hmm. you just, it, it's just a misery. And, um, that and that's not me and that's not no not me i i my parents tell me i'm a rolling stone and people tell me you don't settle and it's true right. yeah. i can't i can't stay where it's it's not we we have to work on it or 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 forget it you yeah. know i'm not going to stay and be and and just be on the fence you know and you mentioned the word journey i mean like three or four times now uh, because it is you might make a decision in an instant, but you don't get the result immediately, right? It's a, really a lifelong journey, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yes, it is. So, so you, you, know, you, you, you step out there, you expose yourself, you do all the hard work that, needs, that you need to do to get to that next level and you get there. But I have to imagine that there is still, you still bring some insecurities with you. You're not so sure how you fit in because you're in front of the room, but you're still stuttering, right? Or, yeah. um, um, you, you know, maybe something else. You know, I'm a Jamaican who turned up um, to bobsled, right? And it's like, how does that work? Um, <laughs> do, do, you, do you ever f uh, feel like you, you, you're experiencing this, the, what I call the imposter syndrome? And if so, how yeah. do you do that? Sure. Of course, of course, I think it, 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 it gets to you every so, so often. About, about, about four years ago, when I started to really push my brand publicly, I, I never did video. Um, and that was a little bit of insecurity that the stutter is not completely gone. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put out video and put it on public platforms and have people critique it and take it apart and laugh at it. And so I, I, had, a, a, I had an imposter syndrome right. and I, I really didn't, um, you know, as a marketing person, I worked in many firms, I worked regionally, I worked internationally, um, but there was a fear of, of actually getting, putting myself out there very publicly. Right. Um, so it comes up every so often and you have to push past it. it. I don't think it goes away. Maybe some persons might say it gets easier, but it, it rears its, its ugly head every so, so, so often. And you have to, and that becomes a new challenge. Right. 
yeah. you know so for for me getting on video and doing video um and and, and talking about that field of mark marketing also wasn't easy just about three four years ago so. mm -hmm. So here we go again. It's you're absolutely right. It's a journey. It's going to the next level. First, you had to figure out how you could uh, re repeat some lines on stage in front of some people. Then you had to figure out how you're going to um, deliver a lecture, perhaps uh, in front of a larger group, but certainly a longer time speaking. Um, yeah. So that's you again pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. Uh, and taking yourself to the next level. And then here you are as a marketing expert, and I guess you are also advising your clients to do video. But yeah, exactly. you are right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so I can't so, be a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was supposed to say you have to be congruent, right? If you're yeah. uh, advising your clients to do this, then it's something that you have to do. And I think that's such a you know, it's it's so it's one of my watchwords as as a speaker as well that if I'm challenging people to keep on pushing, I have yeah. to be congruent, and it may um, not be the most comfortable. Like you know, you'd you'd be surprised uh, that as a speaker, I can you know, I've spoken to thousands, you know, fourteen, fifteen thousand people, and then it felt really weird. When I stood up, it stood in my office in front of a camera to speak to a camera. Yeah. Right. It's like, <laughs> um, but you're right. You 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 always. It's a journey. You always have to kind of uh, be pushing yourself and exposing yourself. Uh, uh, you know, be willing to take the criticisms. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Because there you have you have it on video, so people can yes. see. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And so, the videos, and the videos four years ago were not as <laughs> good as they they are now. Right, so yeah, yeah, but it's part of the journey, and so I've accepted the fact that this is my what I've been dealt with. This is my hand, mm -hmm. and this is what I have to go forward with. And so it's not something the embarrassment and the shame that was attached at five and six, twelve. Where, where I just wanted to, I, I don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, now it's something that I've accepted and something that I, I, I use, you know, when I speak to persons because this is, this, this is me. This is part of me. I can't be embarrassed about it and I have to, I have to use it um, to my benefit, actually. Yeah. Right. So is that is that the key then to uh, you know people, young people especially um, yeah. who who stutter, but others who may have other impediments, whatever it is. It could be that that you know you feel like you're born on the wrong side of the tracks, as it were, to kind of embrace uh, yes. that part of your story and use it, and in that way be able to use it as a strength and leverage, as opposed to something that beats you down. Yes, because I think three to four years ago, perhaps in my mind, I still was embarrassed by it. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason why I didn't want to do the video because mm -hmm. I felt exposed. Um, and then I said, hey, you, it, it, no, you, this, is, this is part, you have to be able to embrace it. You have to be able to be okay with you, the good and the bad, right. you know? And um, and so that that switched for me, 
and therefore I, I was able to say, listen, this is something um, that might be helpful to other people. Um, and, and so use it in that way, you know, and, and, and it's a part of my journey. It's a personal journey. It's something I feel proud of now, you mm. know, because I've, I've seen other persons who, you know, they reach out and they ask me, well, how do you do it? And how did you do? And, <laughs> and, and I, I realized that I was once there, right, you know, right. and, so now and you, you get to become yeah. an inspiration for others. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you work across all these different industries, you know, education, advertising, construction, and so on. Now you're, you know, as a marketer, how do you think those experiences have influenced or helped you to uh, be a better consultant marketer for your clients? The experience is, the, the, the experience is key. I mean, I've, I've, I've um, I've done a lot academically, but, but the experience is key and the, uh, and the diverse experience, the challenges, both personally and professionally, is what really helps each client. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm always glad to work with clients. I'm, I'm always glad to work with challenging ones at times because <laughs> there is a lesson there. And that lesson is for the next client I get, which is, I saw this occur in this firm and maybe these are things that you can do to, to, you know, to bring synergy or to help you move in a particular market space and, and that type of thing. So I, so I think of my life, the, the aggregate of the learning is what helps me to be um, good at what I do. Indeed. You know, I, I speak all the time about the fact that I keep on pushing is learning how to take your existing skills and experience and knowledge and apply it to a new environment, right? Yeah. To create and take advantage of the opportunities um, that present themselves. So I know that when you, when you work with a client, um, you know, you're a marketing, uh, digital marketing strategist, but you take a, a kind of a holistic approach. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that, Debbie. Yeah, I um, I've already I've worn um, in in my last few corporate jobs a combination of sales and marketing. That is my that was my hat, mm -hmm. and so um, when when you look at a lot of persons on let's say LinkedIn or Facebook, they tend to be in silos where they're strongly sales oriented or the marketing or the branding specifically. And I marry the two because I don't think that you can do one with, without the other. Um, in order for your business to grow and for it to be, um, to really to, to kind of break barriers, you need what I talk about, which is a selling strategy, a marketing strategy, and an overall branding approach. Um, and And, I, that's how I, it, it, I that's how I take everything. I, it's much more holistic. It's much more, you know, it's well-rounded. Mm -hmm. um, and clients see results in that way, you know. And I tend to approach clients where I have seen some sort of deficiency in those areas. And that's how I offer, you know, the help and advice. Indeed, indeed. So uh, a holistic approach sounds like, um, you know, the, certainly your early your experiences in your early years 
is truly informing that and, and helping you to bring this wealth of knowledge and experience uh, to your clients. Um, how, how, do, how does someone find, I know now that you're, you're not just working with clients across the Caribbean, but, but globally, uh, which yeah. is, uh, again, the, the, a, a next level. How do they find you, Debbie? Okay, they, I have a website, so they can find me on www.debbiejolie.com. And I am also on quite a bit of social media platforms, but my, my most used ones are LinkedIn, Facebook, um, and, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you just search Debbie Jolie and you'll find me. At times you'll see the stammering communicator and you just click right there. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you can't miss me. All right, guys. So if you, if you want uh, to benefit from the tremendous experience and insight that the stammering communicator can uh, offer to you, it's www.debbiejolie.com. Or of course, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook. Debbie, this has been a treat. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I think you're um, really demonstrating, showing us that, you, you know, taking away the excuses that many of us have, that we start, you know, behind the eight ball, so to speak, and we feel like life has dealt us a bad hand. You're showing us that you can take the hand that life has dealt you and still play a successful game. Thank you for that uh, example. Thank you for coming on. Keep on pushing. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You are an inspiration too. So I'm very glad to be a part of this Caribbean community. Uh, It's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. 